Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working class on DeerCast. Welcome back to another episode. We're rocking. I have another fellow DeerCast uh, peer, colleague, influencer. I'm merely a student, Kurt. A student, fellow white man, white male in 2023. <laughs> That's how I'm identifying right now. Mr. Tim, I can never say your last name. Allow me, Chelsvik. I always say it. How do I? I add too much of a T in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, a T? I've never, I've never had that happen before. I don't, so you're, you're, uh, it's a variation on the theme. I like it. Um, it's Norwegian. So like uh, most Norwegians, one of the main places that they emigrated to was Morris, Illinois. So that's where my grandparents are from. And then another batch emigrated over to Norway, Illinois. Like there's the Norway store and really like, it's very – very hardcore Norway, North Central Illinois. So that's that's where my Norwegian roots come from. Oh, well, that's an interesting little tidbit. I know nothing about my background here in the States. I know that I'm German, and that's all I got. <laughs> most of us are mutts. Like, like when it comes down to it, most of us here in the U.S. are mutts, and that's just that's the way it is. That's right. That's right. Well, people, if they're unfamiliar with who you are, I know most people on DeerCast are, but if they're watching on our YouTube, they're already watching DeerCast, I know you are listening. Uh, you are one of the hosts of the Jury 100% Wild podcast with Matt, and uh, you play a big, big role in DeerCast behind the scenes. So I don't know if you want to talk about what you do for DeerCast and what it's like being a co-host with Matt. That's got to be rough. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with the interesting part first. Um, so <laughs> my work as editor-in-chief of DeerCast, I get to work with about 12 staff writers, and they're covering anything from turkey hunting, whitetail hunting, land management, uh, wild game, like and, and some of the political stuff and some of the Second Amendment stuff that goes into kind of the hunting community yeah. that I just feel like people need to be aware of. 
And when I started the rollback in 2018, I made a commitment to people, no clickbait. Like we're not going to put garbage up because a lot of the, like the online outdoor news aggregators Mm -hmm. just become like, look at this girl's butt while she catches bluegills. And (laughs) it's there. People are watching it. Obviously there's a market for it, but because, because we are kind of a a component of jury outdoors, um, I, I just, I have more respect for our audience, I guess. For sure. And, and the over 30 year history and legacy and reputation that Drury Out- Outdoors has. So I, mm-hmm. I don't want to diverge from that. I, I, I want what we do at DeerCast to augment the legacy that Drury Outdoors has and continues to build on. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of tension there with like, oh, these guys are getting huge views over here and lots of lots of clicks. And we're doing some of the more like tried and true to traditional stuff. Yeah. Not doing the clickbait, but but I I think ultimately people appreciate that. But but it's yeah. fun. I get to work with all of our all of our our field staff that are posting their kills in there as the year goes on, mm-hmm. uh, iterating new features and making sure our servers are scaled up enough to handle all the <laughs> the load that's coming in and yeah. bug bugger uh, uh, squashing bugs and feature requests and customer service like. It's people always ask, well, how, you know, how do you get in the outdoor industry? Well, you got to have some mark, some skills that are usable in the industry. For and sure. you probably you are going to have to be a jack of all trades. And so th- that's been kind of the fun ride of DeerCast is that there's never like every day is so different and you just never know what you're going to be working on. And and then you get to work in the hunting field and work with Mark and Terry. And yeah. That's not the greatest. Like a lot of people like Matt, <laughs> they just don't know him well enough. Right. Yeah. It's like another layer. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, and you have to work with Matt Drury. <laughs> not a good yeah. person. You have to not only work with them, co-host with them on mm-hmm. audio and video for people to see. Like he'll be smiling and happy on on the the set here, but then when the lights go off. He glowers. He throws his stuff off the table. <laughs> Clean me up. Off. He says a yeah. lot. Well, well, he, no one knows, knows what that means, really. I don't think. But well, we we know we don't like it, but we know, <laughs> and we're not allowed to look at him in the eye here in the studio. Right. Keep your eyes down. Mm-hmm. Matt's probably just off camera right now, just waiting for his chance to do <laughs> his interview <laughs> next week. I'm gonna crush him so hard that yeah, that's. So get him good while you're oh, away. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't watch the show anyway, so it's all good. He won't even know. But dude, it, I do got to go. Going back to like, well, I would consider it real content, like what you were saying, like keeping it wholesome, and not even wholesome is probably not even the word. Just keeping it non-clickbaity, whatever the adjective is for that, because authentic. it's authentic. Because mm-hmm. I like social media, and I like women, right? And I like hunting. Right. But I don't necessarily want to see my women and hunting blended when I'm trying to like really focus on hunting. You know, you know. So if I'm on the quote on the show, (laughs) I don't want to see my women and hunting blended. Well, okay. There's no good way to say this. (laughs) Okay, here's the 2023 white male thing. I'm canceled now. So we'll just. You had a good run. Had a good run, man. It's all good. My family's gonna have to. We'll figure it out. But um, it's. If I'm on DeerCast and I'm using it as, you know, DeerCast is more than a tool. I consider it a social platform now, a community of hunters, real hunters. And we don't always want to see that. Like, it's almost kind of like we're normalized to it on Instagram now when you're scrolling or on your For You page and whatever else. But if I'm on DeerCast, I don't want to see that. I don't want to click on 
uh, a read or a podcast and have so many ads pop up that I can't even scroll the page. And that's most outdoor like blog pages nowadays. Um, well, yeah, and we, I mean, we, we we took a lot of heat when we had Donald Trump Jr. on our podcast. You did. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, a ton of heat. And uh, and it was from a lot of a lot of guys that were like my dad, like my dad was, I, you know, I would consider my dad a blue dog Democrat. Mm-hmm. He was a union carpenter his whole life. And um, and and, you know, that and so a lot of guys were 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 hitting us really hard and saying some really disparaging things um, that I don't think we we earn necessarily. But but overall, their general message was, hey, there are outdoorsmen who are second amendment believers who also vote a certain way, you know, different than, yeah. than what, what, what this guy is, is encouraging people to vote. And, and, and our whole thing was outdoorsmen just need to get out and vote. Like we're not telling you who to vote for. And we also reached out to the Biden camp to say, Hey, if you guys want to talk to outdoorsmen, we're going to open up an Avenue for you to do that. They never responded to our outreach. So right, right. we did try to balance that out. And I, I don't think people gave us credit for that, mm-hmm. uh, but, but it was, it was real. I mean, it was a very polarizing show that we did. We, and I don't think we fully appreciated just how much uh, vitriol we would get for having done that. Yeah. That's really interesting, but you know, I kind of get it. Like we have a lot of interactions with hunters, outdoor people at a lot of the consumer shows that we do. And I would say, you know, like, I, and I don't really think that I'm like a, a pro Trump guy. Like if you listen to our series, you might be like, yeah, Kurt leans that way. And I do, but I'm not like Trump or nothing, you know, like, but I'm also not a Biden guy either. Not like not even a fraction of a little bit, um, especially I live in Illinois and I think Democrats are ruining this state and, and <laughs> the people's Republic. Yeah. yeah, And we could, you know, that's weird. I, I'm, I'm right of center, but, but it would be interesting because I would have Don, junior on and a heartbeat and i'd be interested to see like some of the crap we would take for it you know it'd be kind of fun as as, as a podcast host because you have a podcast right yeah i do have a podcast actually yep. hey we're on it that's what we're doing i'm recording you can we can we start over <laughs> yeah i said some things about math and now i now we're good <laughs> yeah it's on record <laughs> as, as a podcast host like you have a duty to your audience, right? Mm-hmm. To like if you have an opportunity to get someone big that could that could share a perspective, maybe one that you don't even agree with. You kind of have a duty to to jump on that and and, sure. and make that available to your people. I, I I I think that's just part of part of the process. And then as as a listener, I get to decide. I can listen and I can decide. I agree, or I don't, or I'm I'm somewhere in between. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to like burn you and, and go <laughs> nuclear and say, you know what, I'm done with Kurt. I like we've we've gotten we've lost the art of nuance. Yeah, like we've lost the art of saying I I agree with thirty percent of what you say. Like we just either want to make someone king or we want to kill them. That's we just, all there we is. Have no, we have no in between. So I, I I know Kurt, you're the host, and you typically do the questioning but i, love I this. have kind of an interesting question for you okay it's a little big <laughs> okay so where do our rights come from as a citizen of this country where do you think our rights come from the, i i'm curious where you're leading me into this so i don't consider myself a smart man uh, mm-hmm. i would say well they come from Really, how we? Well, I, I don't even want to say it, we, it comes from how we vote because that's not true. 
So, so what, what you're experiencing is like this difficulty of like, gosh, I never, I never most thought people most people don't have time to even think about a question like that. Yeah. And, and, and what happened and like, and, and every, like, there's so much that flows out of that. So I, I, I want to read to you a, a component of our declaration of independence and believe me, I'll bring this back around to hunting. No, this is good. Very soon here. <clears throat> so this is from the declaration of independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happy, happiness. Our current president seemed to leave out the creator part. He said, you know the, you know the part. <laughs> the thing. <laughs> yeah, the, the thing. <laughs> and that is, that's, so, that's so important because what that's what that saying is that our rights come from God. Mm-hmm. They don't come from politicians, government, people, committees. Right. They come from God. And so then what is the role of government? Because obviously we have a government. We're told them to, uh, to submit to the, uh, the governmental authorities. Uh, the Declaration of Independence goes on and says uh, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's you and me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Governments exist to protect the rights that God has given us. Mm -hmm. And too many people have forgotten because a lot of politicians would like you to believe that they are granting you your rights. Yeah. Your freedoms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and a lot, and and most countries in the world operate that way. Yeah, they do. (laughs) And that's, Jeez, can you imagine? Yeah, well, and, and, and that's why we see the atrocities that we do. And that's why that's one of the reasons why the United States is so very unique, not just currently, but throughout time. Mm-hmm. There have been very few governments, uh, countries that were created with the supposition that your rights are unalienable and they come from God. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, another layer. Like I, I wasn't even thinking like to that point. You know, it's like where do your rights come from? Well, yeah, of course, right? Or just like it's your human rights to to live and be human <laughs> from yeah. God or whatever you believe or you know what I mean. So it's I more people probably need to think about that, especially people who are unappreciative of where we live mm-hmm. and being able to do the things we do just in general every day. Yeah. Hunting or not hunting? Yeah, and and so that's kind of the hook back into mm-hmm. hunting. In in an article we posted on Deercast here recently about the uh, semi-auto ban there in Illinois, I saw one of our users who is obviously a bow hunter. They said something like, "Well, I'm not worried. They're never going to ban carbon, meaning like I'll always have arrows to shoot. I can always shoot my bow. And hey, I, like I am 98 percent a bow hunter. I shoot turkeys Same. with bow. Like yeah." I, we're we're the same person as far as that goes. For sure. Um, once I get tattoos, a hundred percent the same person. Very very close. And earrings. You, earrings. And a successful podcast. And, but all that aside, and lower standards as a person. <laughs> that comes with the tattoos. But you know, Kurt, like it <clears throat> it really it really pissed me off because yeah. that like bury your head in the sand. Well, that's someone else's like. That's that's the shotgunner's problem, or that's the the two A crowd's problem. No, like if if you look if you look at the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment says that 
our right to bear arms shall not be infringed. Dude. And, I mean, it's where are we, where's it going? You know, beyond I mean? infringed. <laughs> it, it, it really is. And for people who don't know, we just launched a firearm podcast called Victory Drive. And that's where like. You know, I know I live in Illinois, right? So I experience some of this, but I'm not as into firearms. So I don't like, I'm not Same. as informed on the details of probably what I should be. Um, so it's great. Like we have part of our platform that's going to like basically help me get educated a little easier and a little more streamlined. But dude, it is concerning. Like seeing what it's Chicago, right? Runs our entire state. And it's like some of the stuff they're trying to do. It's like, or there's an, a potential AR ban just in general coming, and then it's like everyone I talk to, do you buy up all your ARs yet? And it's like, ah, I probably should. <laughs> or like, what do you? What's the move? I don't know. Well, it, it, it's tough, and, and and it it comes from farther downstream when people over time have been have have been changing history, like changing what is taught in terms of history and and who's teaching history in school systems and they're they're pulling out the component the the under the under undergirding factor of pretty much everything like our judicial system in the country our electoral system in the country is based on the understanding that our rights come from god Mm -hmm. but when you have people that are that are teaching otherwise and kind of removing god from the public discourse yeah like it's fine if you believe just it can't influence anything yeah <laughs> uh, what? well okay sorry go ahead keep going <laughs> i was just gonna say so 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 your lack of belief in the creator that like that's influencing obviously influencing your policy your public policy mm-hmm. like we as hunters i think we're we're almost too much of a lone wolf like we stand back and we say well that's that we're losing the culture battle. Like yeah. we, we are absolutely like you talk about a kid reading the Bible in school and suddenly it's worse than them building a pipe bomb or something. Right. Like we, we, we freak out, we freak out about this stuff because we're losing the cultural battle. And, and Kurt, like I I'll, I'll include myself in this category. It's a lot of us guys who are stepping back from leadership, like good men are stepping back from leadership roles in their communities, mm-hmm. in in their uh, in their faith traditions, like in their churches, mm-hmm. like like local, like serve serve on the HOA or serve as a as a county council member, mm-hmm. serve on, on a school board. Yeah, good people, especially men, are stepping back, and we're stepping back from our families too. Like we got our man caves, and we have more photos of deer on our phones than we do of our kids. Yeah. And like, we got to do some stuff that's different because we're not only losing the culture, but we're losing our families. We're losing things around us that we used to take for granted. Yeah, uh, yeah. That we can't anymore. It's interesting bringing that up because I immediately like evaluate myself in that conversation. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like you know when I take take a step back and look, like I find myself getting so consumed with like what I do for a living and like trying to just be like trying to roll in and, and have a successful self-made business and keep interesting and good content and fun conversation. And, and so it's easy to get pulled into that. So it's like, yeah, I'm for sure guilty of everything that you're talking about. Now, is there points where I maybe stand out and do a good job on that? Yeah, maybe, but like, you know, start at like 
the religion thing too. It's like, I'm not like a super religious guy. I'm not, not religious, but I'm not like, I don't go to church. Right. But I do have things in my life that make me realize, like, I feel like I'm a spiritual guy, you know? And it's like, maybe there's something there that I need to like do better at, or maybe I could do a little extra with the family, or maybe there's something in here in new Windsor that I can do to like get kids into more hunting to kind of like, accelerate the the hunting culture side of things or be you know maybe there's more i can do for sure and then it's like but i don't know it's like that inner it's tough battle it, with it, yourself it, it, it is tough and a lot of things that are worth doing that are important you don't get instant metrics back on mm-hmm. like like quality time with your kids like okay if, if i spend more time focusing on my podcast i can see like I have increased some downloads and I've, we get this instant feedback loop, but like quality time with, I, I, I a very, a very convicting moment here. I had a, a conversation, a really tough conversation with my wife last night and she's like, we're not clicking right now. Mm. Like it was a really tough deer season for you. You spent a lot of time out and about and she's very understanding. And I pretty much hunted as much as I felt like I needed to. Mm-hmm. She's like, that took a toll on us. Like we need, we need to do something different. And it was a gut check for me to be, to to stop and say, you know, I can't be defensive here. I just need to listen to her. She's hurt. And I I played some part in that. And so I'm going to, I'm going to man up. I'm going to accept responsibility and I'm going to make some changes for sure. And, and, and so like, and, and, and there are certainly areas in my life where I need to get more, more involved. And I want to make sure that I'm speaking to all of us as guys because yeah. we see like all these, all the, so many crappy politicians. They're crappy individuals. Yeah, they just suck in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, <clears throat> and I like and, and at my at my church, I see so many like moms come to church and sit there by themselves in a pew. And their husband is at home watching football or just do, doing whatever. And believe me, like as I'm driving to church on a Sunday morning, I see a guy out running or on their bike. Like, ah, I wish I was that guy, or mm. I, I'd rather, you know, I wish I could be hunting. Yeah. If if your serv- like if your leadership and your service is not inconveniencing you, then then I, I would I would encourage people to look to see like what more could you be doing? Yeah. To yeah that's an interesting point. And, and and to and to make a difference because I just feel like you know like in in the old in in ancient times the city would have a wall around it and it would have guys at the at the city gate guarding that guarding that city mm-hmm. to make sure that outside influences weren't coming in and going to pillage the the town and I feel like as guys that's kind of our job and most of us have gone back to our houses and we focused on some really cool stuff and really interesting things. Mm-hmm. But not the things that are uh, maybe longer lasting yeah. than our generation, or, or even on the eternal side. For sure, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. It, I do that. Like the work, hunting. Like I can. It's weird. I consider hunting part of my work, but it's not work. So it's like, yeah, like during a hunting season, and then it rolls into trade show season for us, and it's like that's where we do well. We go to a lot of these shows, and it's like, all right, honey, now that hunting's done. I have a month of hanging out and then I'm gone again. So it's like this weird balance thing. And it's, yeah, dude, I think about it a lot. It's like, there's probably places I could put more effort in to do better here and there. And maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being really critical or not critical enough 
on myself. I could I go uh, back and forth all the time. You can always do more, right? But it's a good conversation to have. And th- honestly, this is stuff that I think most guys probably think about while they're hunting, sitting in a stand. You know that like internal, you're just working on your your own mental stability. I guess yeah. honestly, yeah. it's probably what it's a good way to describe it. And, and it's definitely you know, I, and obviously, I'm not saying like that people should not guys should not spend time hunting. I, I I remember as a kid reading, I think it was a North American Whitetail magazine article, saying something like, "It's good for your kid for your kids to see you walk out the door and go do something and and come back from that because you know we." Mm. Hunting is generally considered recreation. I say this a lot in, a different, in, in, in different platforms. Recreation, recreation literally means to be recreated. Like mm-hmm. the idea is that you come back a different and hopefully better person from the experience. And that's yeah. as, as a dad, as a husband, those are, as a leader, those are all good things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but uh, you know, are you majoring in the minors? Like, are you focusing on the things that, that maybe aren't as significant long term, and 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 I don't have the answers for anybody. I just I just want us as guys to be asking that question and making sure that we're not that we're because you can be successful in one area of your life and then you get to the end of your life and realize, oh geez, mm-hmm. I really focused on the wrong the wrong things and I've left all these things that's, undone. That's such part. a scary thing to like wrap your head around. Like I think I've been I've been more probably. Not knowing really, but kind of like in that thought process in and out more in the last two years than I ever have been, you know, with my dad passing away at 61, he passed away. And, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm 32. Like I have young kids and I'm in like this, I feel a very pivotal point in my career of like pursuing my passion. It's like weighing out things that when I'm 60, what am I going to look back at this time right now? And be like, I should have done this. Now I do know that I'm glad that I'm trying to pursue my passion as a career. Like, I will never regret that. But it's like, what do I not realize that I'm going to regret? That that's that's the scary thing, and and the important. And so I, I I think I think some of the way that you address that is you have trusted buddies that can call you out on stuff yeah that are willing to call your bs um i think i think if you uh, if you learn to, if you learn to practice honesty with yourself we are probably the person that we lie to the most for sure for uh, sure and 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 having an external standard like i'm not a great christian but I, I'm a Christian. I try try to follow after what Jesus laid out in the New Testament. I mm-hmm. try uh, having that external standard to judge my life to kind of an, an objective third party to to do a review and then to realize, okay, it's not like I don't have to do it all. It's not it's not about what I can accomplish or what I can't accomplish. It's about the effort and making sure that I'm trying to organize my life because I, I, I've, my dad passed away at 62. And, uh, and I'm like, man, it pissed me off mm-hmm. because I thought how many, like we were, sp- we were going to try to get out for rifle season here in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had so many, so many more things that I, I had visions of us doing together that we just weren't able to do. And and then you think of like, we're old enough now I'm 40, almost 44 mm-hmm. that it's not uncommon to hear about friends that are passing away. Like I know. From, 
some, from some really significant diseases. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they didn't have a, a 20 year window ahead to look at. They like something just happened or they got in a car accident or and so like, what if that happens tomorrow? And and I, I, I don't want to get like super dark. Yeah. It, it's just down. interesting life thoughts really. Yeah. You, you kind of have to start thinking about your own mortality and the legacy that, that you're leaving. If, if you were to step out tomorrow or yeah. this evening or 20 years from now. So it's it just like, to me, it just helps you focus on what's, what's important in, For in sure. life. Did, did you find that you thought more about this type of like deep life stuff more after your dad passed? Like, cause that's kind of where it hit me. Like I, I, I feel it changed me in a good way. And I feel like my dad was my best friend, right? Like my hunting buddy talked to my dad every single day. Like, my I lost my best friend, you know, so I went from like stability. He was like everything. If I needed help, my dad helped me to like it could have teetered me into a dark hole or it could have teetered me into a positive place from like life perspective. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, st- as of now, I'm still on the positive side of like appreciating what I have in life and what my dad gave me and, and experiences but you know what I mean? Like I could have teetered dark, but I can see how some people do teeter dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I've always been weird. Like I've, I've always, I've always <laughs> thought about uh, like, I've always wanted to know the why behind things. Like I, I want to know how things work. I want to know why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. I read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis when I was a senior in high school and it rocked my world. Like I, I, <clears throat> as I was reading, I was like, geez, if, if I, if I really believe in God, then these 12 things in my life are not in line with that belief. So I, I don't want to be uh, a duplicitous person. I, I don't want to say one thing, think something else, or say one thing and do something else. Like I want everything to be in alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't want to be two-faced. Like I don't want to be all, all those all those things that, that no one really wants to be, but just I don't think most people ever think about it. This life kind of right. happened. And, and I think you kind of fall into a track and like, okay, well, I guess this is, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Things happen and I just react to that. I don't think life has to be that way. And it sounds like, like you at some point made a decision because the loss of your dad was so significant and, and the, 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 the gravity he had in your life was so significant that mm-hmm. a, a lot of people probably wouldn't have blamed you for making some bad choices and doing some destructive things. Yeah. But probably somewhere along that path, you decided like, I, I am, I'm going to, I'm going to be as healthy as I can be. I'm going to honor his legacy. I'm going to make him proud whether he's here or not. Yeah, for sure. It, I will tell you though, like where I do beat myself up on it. And this is where I like, I admire your work ethic and I do admire like your thought process. I feel like you can go deep in thought and like, probably another layer than I could even my intelligence level even let me, <laughs> but like, you know, there's th- certain things for my dad passing. Like, first of all, if I didn't have hunting, like this all co- for me comes back to hunting, all conversations, all things in life really for me come back, not necessarily hunting to kill the animal, but like what hunting has done for me, like it's kept me on track. Like I grew yeah. up a wild BMX kid. And if I didn't have hunting to like structure me back, like I'd just be like an outlaw. I would be, I know it. It's kept me, in like route for like like success path i guess is is my hunting 
So, like, I, I don't know if I would be as mentally stable after my dad passing if I didn't have something like hunting and my family. You know what I mean? So, and, and also, like, my family is hunting, too. Like, that's our culture in our family. So that's it ties into each other. Does that make sense, kind of? Yeah, I mean, you you are you're reaffirming the point that I made earlier about the power of recreation. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not it's not like a hobby. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 is much more holistic and speaks to your mind, body, and soul in in a way that very few things do. And I I, I feel bad for people that have never experienced just going on a hunt. The, yeah. the whole I think you and I had this conversation before when I started the Thinking Woodsman back in 2014. I I did it because I was working with some pretty enlightened socially progressive people who <laughs> when one lady in particular when she found out that I hunted, she she literally said, "But Tim, you seem smart." Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> it's like, "Come on." And and what her what her enlightened very worldly view of hunting was was because uh, I I was talking about squirrel hunting, and then eating the squirrels that weekend with my family. Uh, she she literally thought that hunters went out and they they were first off they thought they were dumb. She thought they were dumb. The old secondly, movie stigma of hunters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then secondly, she thought that they just went out, killed things, and walked back to the truck and went home. She didn't think about uh, meat and food yeah. and. Not at all. So Not at weird. All. She was flabbergasted that someone that could string some words together it would also eat what they killed. And it totally changed her concept of hunting. And it made me realize, like, we do a lot, like, guys like Ted Nugent do an awesome job promoting hunting, like, kind of, like, riling up the base. Yeah. Like, if it's aggressive. Want to get pumped, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you ever want to get pumped up, listen to Ted on your way to a bow, a bow hunt, and you're good. Mm-hmm. But, but we also need to remember, like we are again, we're losing the culture war. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to have a presence outside of hunting that is winsome and that is uh, that is pushing our narrative in a way that isn't bombastic, that isn't we're not wagging our fingers, we're not open carrying an AR into a mall just because we can. Right. Yeah. We're doing it in a way that shows the positive side of hunting. And so that that's kind of like deer cast thinking woodsman legion of woods, like everything I do all comes back to promoting the power of the hunting experience. Mm-hmm. And, and then deeper than that, I I don't think as many guys would be interested in the Second Amendment and the in the Constitution if it weren't for their own personal investment in hunting. Yeah, yeah, I 100 percent agree with that. And so 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 that kind of ties in, and then that ties into okay, the Constitution says the Second Amendment is is important. So why is the Constitution important? Well, because it. It is a direct reflection of where our rights come from. They come from God. Mm -hmm. And, and that like that undergirds our families, our society, our culture, the, uh, the exceptionalism that is the United States that undergirds everything. And unless you have a comprehensive understanding, you will allow things to be picked out of your life. Like the second amendment, Mm -hmm. uh, like, like the role of 
husbands in a family, like the role of men in leadership, that uh, that will just continue to allow our culture to be eroded. Yeah, man, it's scary. It's scary to think about all this. It's uncomfortable probably for a lot of people to think about a lot of this. Don't you think? Do you think it's uncomfortable for most guys? Yeah, I mean, right now, and, and I in, in my previous work in the nonprofit world, I worked in I worked contracts in some public schools, and I'm not surprised. I, I, I don't mean I don't mean to come off as sounding arrogant. I'm not surprised at what people are finding out about what's being taught in public schools and what's not being taught in public schools. Mm-hmm. Because I know who those a lot of those educators are. Many of them are social justice warriors. Yeah. Well, they're well well intentioned people like they're good people like they they really believe in what they're doing and they think they're doing the right thing. But they are not teaching our kids academics. They are teaching them a social agenda for sure. Yeah, they're they're kind of like pre molding them for that like new social norm structure. It, it scares me because my kids aren't in school yet, you know, and, mm-hmm. but I, I'm lucky that I live in more of a, I live in a very rural country, farming, hunting culture area. Now I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that it's not going to be like what you see on the news where there's litter boxes in the bathroom for <laughs> some chick who thinks she's a cat. Like, come on, I'm not doing that. And I got to think other guys my age in the community have that. This, this sounds arrogant, but I, I don't want to say they have to be on the same mindset as me, but they can't. We all live in the same culture area, similar lifestyle. My way of thinking of thinking that's ridiculous and bullshit can't be far off from, from them thinking the same thing. Like, I can't be alone in this. So maybe I will be. I'll be the crazy tattooed dad that everyone's like, yeah, he's kind of a hairpin trigger. We'll kind of leave him alone. <laughs> you know, and, and, and showing up, being a room dad or, you know, going, helping chaperone field trips, being involved, going to parent teacher yeah. conferences. Like, like there are things I'll go to, like my kids' doctor's appointments or a parent teacher conference. You know what always happens when, when I'm there with my wife, that person will talk to my wife. They will make eye contact 90% of the time with my wife. Because that educator uh, or that doctor or whoever it is that we're interfacing with a professional, they're used to speaking with the, the wife. Oh, the mom. I never thought about that. They're not used to, to, to guys engaging. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, not, I'm not pissed off about it. It's just emblematic. It shows you that guys have taken a step back in a lot of places where we should be leaning in and being involved so like if you know maybe maybe one of your kids ends up with a teacher that has more of a social agenda they want to teach but they also know like hey uh kurt's gonna be in later on and he and he's you know he's cats yeah (laughs) (laughs) so we think you're a cat (laughs) kurt's not gonna go for the litter box yeah yeah not fly but 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 you you engage you influence yeah. you have personal connections with these people and especially people that you don't agree with like yeah. you should have non non hunting friends and you should engage with them and mm-hmm. and that that's how people's lie that's how people's minds are changed yeah because because that lady that I used to work with was like well you seem smart I like that she <laughs> that's used such a weird yeah I, I love it though it's like <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
you seem smart and you hunt and, and it wasn't like a banner or a social ad or whatever that she saw it was a personal connection that she had with someone a personal context yeah and and then we had another lady who was a uh uh, she she was an anti-animal cruelty person, which I don't know anyone who's pro-animal cruelty. Like it's yeah. such a straw man argument. But that aside, uh, I, I I brought in venison backstraps for uh, a, a, a team dinner that we were going to have. I I did them on the the smoker. They were great, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I've always kind of been against hunting, but." if you can keep bringing these in for, for these staff get togethers, I think I could be okay with it. And it was a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. Turns out animal cruelty, not that bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if it's delicious, I'm willing to to turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. Which is like, okay. (laughs) Right. I'm okay with this now. All these personal connections that that you have. So, you know, and, and, and I would just, just encourage people to also just be mindful of what you're, what your social presence, your social media presence looks like and what it's, yeah. what it's communicating to someone who doesn't understand the context. Like yeah. it's okay to be sad about killing it. In fact, I think you should be a little sad when you kill it. You're a psychopath. If you're not a little sad, you, you got to feel something. Yes, I, I do. I do want to talk about uh legion of woodsmen here. I don't want to forget about, I want you to go oh, in yeah, detail on that, but um, one thing I wanted to bring up, cause it's interesting that you worked in an environment like that and talking about like, non-hunting friends so one of my i consider him one of my best friends he is one of my best friends grew up with him he joined the military and then um he was in a base in ohio and now he lives with his wife in in the city columbus ohio and he's a barber there um his name's dakota cosmic a great great dude when you see him well he's not a hunter but he knows about hunting through me so when you see Dakota, I'm talking most tattooed guy I know, tattooed, like whole face tattooed, but a very kind person, just aggressive look, you know, yeah. but he, all his colleagues, barber colleagues, they're all kind of like, uh, they're all great people, I think, but they okay. don't understand like the hunting culture. So we have some hunting shows that we go to in Columbus and we always go and we always get, um, you know, go in and get cut up by Dakota and we kind of mix it up with the other barbers and they're very inner city, probably politically way more left leaning than we would, you know, just not our normal people of interaction. And I think they think of that dumb, like Walt Disney perspective, Elmer Fudd type hunter stuff, because when I walk in, I, I don't always look like a hunter. I don't think, so I think just my appearance kind of changes like what they thought a hunter is or should act like, no doubt, yeah. you know what I mean? So, but it's interesting talking to this people like, oh, you can kill a, a bear with a bow. Yeah, I've done it. Mm. No way. It's like, yeah, you don't eat the bear meat though. I'm like, yeah, I do. You do. Yeah. And I kill a mountain lion. You killed a mountain. Why would you kill a mountain lion? I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. So you start going into it. It's like, yeah, a mountain lion kills a deer a week, and there's this man, and, you know, you get into that, and it's like, oh, I never really thought about that. It's like yeah. you, you, they don't think about it. It's not part of their life. Yeah, you're having, a, you're having a conversation with someone, which is hard to do online. You can't do it uh, online anymore if you don't know them. A, a few years back, we had a hard frost, and, and I was really getting into um, tanning furs mm-hmm. and i was out on a run and it was like literally it was like six degrees 
which is death here in St. Louis. Like people down here just don't, that, that's super, super cool. Yeah. Anyway, almost, like four miles into my run, I see a road killed coyote laying on the side of, of the County road I was on. So I scooped him up under my left arm, like a football <laughs> and I start running with it back home, running along I-44. <laughs> you really did this? I did. Yep. And uh, I, I can't imagine what I mean. He was flash frozen, like like mid stride. Like. I'm sorry, to was, laugh at that, but no, I just pictured somebody driving down the highway, being like, "What? That's like a oh, dude, yeah, just keep going. That's so funny." It looked like a prop coyote because it was just <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And there was there was a guy that was walking. I went straight to Tom Green in my head when you're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a guy that was out walking on the county road also and i'm like as i'm because he's walking the same direction but i'm you know kind of kind of catching up from behind it's like what am i gonna say as i pass <laughs> this guy uh and sorry so i find this like, so funny dude i'm just envisioning you <laughs> running with a coyote like no it, it's ridiculous um but so as i pass him i just said this is normal and i continued running <laughs> and, did he say anything no, I, I don't know. I, I kept going. I, I, I imagine that he picked out his, took out his phone and started taking pictures. I can't believe you're I'm not probably, on like a Reddit blog somewhere. Somewhere, yes. The, uh, the, uh, the cringe Reddit thread. Um, <laughs> so I, I got home and I, I pelted it. I, I uh, skinned it out and I tanned it and I created a mountain man hat out of it. Mm-hmm. The face and the paws and the tail and everything. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, and I wore it. Um, I wore it into a local grocery store on a really cold day. And it was just me in this in this grocery store aisle and a, a lady that worked at this at the grocery store. She was stocking the shelves. And as I'm looking for whatever it was, she, I just hear someone say, I could never do that. Mm. And I, I look around and uh and I said, Are you, you talking to me? And she's like, I don't see how you could even do that to an animal. Oh geez. And, and I said well, actually, and I was going to say, I found this dead. Like it was just going to waste away on the side of the road. She didn't, she wasn't interested in my answer. Yeah, of course she, not. And, but the next thing she, she just said, can I touch it? Oh, change of uh, perspective here. And, uh, and so I, 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 I allowed her to, I was like, this is, this is just, this is very bizarre. Uh, but, but to me, it, it kind of symbolized the fascinate, like the innate fascination the non-hunting community has with hunting. Yeah, yeah. Death with animal parts and taxidermy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like, as long as we're winsome about it and kind and patient and understanding, um, yeah. Who who knows? Who knows what that lady thought like hopefully she recalls me as being kind and patient with her yeah and maybe she imbues that onto her stereotypes of hunters going forward yeah that's a good point probably probably hopefully yep uh but but just but it was weird you do have to think about that like that's where i probably contradict myself a little bit with like normal wcb series were very it's it's dude's night type like just a kind of aggressive but like also that's what makes us different or this is why i love our deer cast series because it's family friendly for the most part you know but 
normal WCB is like maybe not the best role model show, but we're uh-huh. not supposed to be. And we're very obvious and clear on that too. You yeah. know what I mean? We're there for, to get you through your work. So I, we might not be the best look there, but it's, you, you get what I'm trying to say a little bit. But, pe- but people who are <clears throat> consuming that have sought you out. Exactly. They clicked on our faces. It says explicit. It's it's a deeper yeah. layer, right? You know, like, would our show be bigger if we didn't do all those things? I honestly don't think so, but maybe in a certain niche it might be. It might be bigger in a, well, another I mean, niche. Yeah, you, you might get some more, <clears throat> you might grow your audience, but the level of loyalty and uh, fandom that they have might not be as deep as it is currently. Yeah. We're transparent. That's the thing I think we have. Like, we're we're who we are, right? So, yeah. When I'm, when I'm going through something, I'm talking about it most times. <laughs> so, hey, let's talk about um, Legion of Woodsmen. I don't want to forget about that. What is it? Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, so uh, the other uh, obviously, I, I'm a diehard bow hunter. I love bow hunting, but I'm also an endurance athlete and try to focus on my health. Trying to be crazy about it, but as I look back, it's like oh, I do some kind of crazy stuff, I guess. And as far as like. Uh, endurance athletics and running and, and everything goes, but I, I want to do something to inspire, motivate, give people some practical tools to, especially as outdoorsmen and women to just be better, like to be stronger, to be more fit, to spend more years in the field. Um, <clears throat> Cause I, I look at, at my dad passing away at such a young age. And most of that was due to, uh, just not making healthy choices around nutrition and exercise. And, uh, and, and I, if I can help, if I can help some people extend their quality time and extend their quality of life with their family and in the field, mm-hmm. I want to do that. And, uh, and so I have this Facebook group called Legion of Woodsmen where I'll post uh, recipes and workouts and motivational stuff and stuff to make you think. And like, it's a community of people in there uh, who are no one's trying to be like on the cover of a fitness magazine. Mm-hmm. We're all just trying to be just trying to consider our bodies like a tool. Like, what do you want to be able to do in the, well, I want to be able to drag a buck out of the woods when I finally kill one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, here's, here's what that's going to take. And so I'll, I'll, I'll include some of the the stuff along the way. Cause I, 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 I put in a lot of miles as a runner. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of, I, I did an ultra marathon last year. And I think sometimes people think that fitness is easy for, for this guy because he, he does this stuff all the time, but like to constantly come up with a motivation with a family, with involvement in other areas of my life, it's tough. So I want to be honest about that and help people try to find ways that they can naturally work some healthier options into their lives. Mm. And so that's, that's what I do with the Legion of Woodsman Facebook group. And it's fun and people share their struggles and their successes. That's and, cool. So can anyone uh, join that group, search it and join it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. very cool. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's so, something, man. It's like, I, I used to be big into bike riding and like, I've, I'm, I'm almost done with it. I got to finish it up this spring. I'm building a bike track in my backyard for like, just a, like a circle pump track. It's called a pump track, but um, yeah. I'm trying to do that. Fact, I, I was an aspiring BM. I wanted to ride BMX when I was a kid. Cause BMX was huge when I was a kid. Yeah. And, I, I like to think it still is, but I don't know if it is with kids anymore, but. Yeah, I rode all the time. Like it was like that's what I did. Yeah, it's honestly part of my look still. You know what I mean? Like I feel what, like. What did you? What was your? What was? Your, what bike did you ride? 
Um, I started out with a red line. It was my first race bike. And then I, ro- I rode a race frame uh, called a, a croupie. Right? Is that how I can't? Dude, that's how long I, I haven't said that name for so long. And I was actually <laughs> thinking about it. I'm like, I wonder if it's still a company. And then I rode uh, S&M bikes. And then right now I have a listener, Randall. Shout out to Randall. He owns a bike company called Machine Bike Co. And he's oh. a real big BMX rider. And he's a listener and a hunter. So he okay. sent me a custom frame. Um, and he it's a raw frame, and he blued the WCB logo into the head tube, and then they, it, it is it's badass. So I had that bike built two summers ago, and so that's what kind of motivated me to ride more. Now, did I ride as much as I should ride? Definitely not. I want to ride more without getting hurt. So that's a, a goal <laughs> of mine. Way. But yeah, so yeah. I S the short answer is S and M bikes, and now machine bike. Code. Okay, okay. The, the the highest level I ever got to was my Huffy Murray. Oh yeah, bike. it was it was the blue goose and it had the yellow mags uh-huh. that were like they were the best. I I, I the plastic I, I, ones. I, yes. Did did your did your bike have the top tube where it like flared out by the the seat post? It did not flare out. Um, <clears throat> I was jealous of kids that had that because they could stand up on that. A lot so easier. ugly. Um, but my, you know, my mags were aluminum. They were, they oh, were really? yellow aluminum mags. They were like, they were actually, they're probably nicer than the bike was itself. <laughs> yeah, probably. Dude, I, I think that's good. Like I have a problem with committing. So I used to be like super into like fitness, working out all that. And I, I don't know like what happened just becoming an adult or like family or whatever, but I've like fell out of it. And I'm always like mentally trying to talk myself back into it. Of like, like I want, and that's where I need to have someone hold me accountable. Like, because I'm like you said earlier, I'm lying to myself and I know I am. And it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I will admit it, you know, like yeah. I want to ride my bike more. I want to, I do want to go on a run every morning before I come to work. I do, but you know what? I don't <laughs> just well, straight okay. up. So, so in, in, uh, in the end of this month here in February, uh, at the Indiana Expo, Let the twenty third through the twenty sixth, we'll be there. Kurt and I will go for a run. <sighs> okay, and I'll bring a little cart in case I have to haul your corpse back to the <laughs> expo. My corpse, just carry me like that coyote. <laughs> <laughs> it's weekend at Bernie's with Kurt. Guy. Oh man, we're gonna go for a run. All right, <laughs> I gotta. You got We can't go for a long run. I don't want to like die completely. Yeah, it'd be embarrassing. No, and so the, the the thing is, is like if you can find something that you like to do, like exercising for the sake of exercising, psychopaths do that. But <laughs> if you like, yeah. I, I I like to play hockey, so so skating is fun for me. Um, I I ride a road bike, so getting out and putting some miles on the road bike, like those. And, and I actually like him to a point where I kind of enjoy running now. I do a lot of it, but I still hate it a little bit, but I, but I like it. You do but, hate it a little. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes, it takes a lot of time and it, I, I run year round. So I'll run when it's a hunt. My, my, I run when it's 108 degrees here in St. Louis, which is like running through beef stew. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And I run in like negative eight degrees, like actual negative eight degrees. I'll, I just don't stop running during the year because I'm afraid like Forrest Gun, like, cause I used to be a fat guy. In my twenties, really? I was way, I was way way overweight. Like I was clocking in at like two hundred and forty pounds. No I way! Stopped. I can't picture that. 
I stopped weighing myself because I'm like, well, what's the point? Like, I I know that I'm big. I'm too. I'm 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 bigger than I should be. So what what does it matter at this point? Wow, I, uh, I honestly never I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. So it was. I think I was 27. I went back to my 10 year high school reunion, and a lot of my friends still looked the same and everything. And I was like, I I did not. And I was like, screw it. I'm tired of being fat. I'm not going to be fat anymore. And so I, I like I literally like went cold turkey at that point and started running, which is a bad idea. I cut out sugar, uh, which is a good idea. Um, but I dropped like 60 pounds in like four months time. It was it was people thought I was terminal. Like they thought I had something bad happening. With no me. kidding. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, a, that's a lot of weight real fast. It, it really is. I have people that couldn't even recognize me. Um, but uh, but but at some point, you just got to get tired of the way things are and, and make a decision and have a motivation for, you know, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to be this way anymore. And mm. here's how it's going to be different. Um, Man, good so, for you. So, that's, that's awesome. So I, I can I can relate to people who are struggling with whatever, you know, their weight or maybe they want to add some, some strength or whatever. I, I can relate of not being where you want to be and knowing that and telling yourself every day, oh, I should probably do something today. I should probably not eat this bowl of ice cream tonight, but well, screw it, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been, there. in fact, I'm still there. I always feel like fat Tim is chasing me and I've got to keep going. Otherwise he's going to catch up. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> perspective. Well, I yeah. feel like, you know, it's like we, we're all like, we're, a lot of life chat in this, but I think it's fun. Like it's a different change for like a hunting podcast. It all because to me, I every part of this conversation, I really ba- I relay back into like hunting mentally, you know. But uh, yeah, that's you're right. It's like I don't know. I do it with hunting. Like hunting sometimes is a big inconvenience, and I, but I go because mm-hmm. I feel guilty if I don't. And maybe <laughs> it's like I probably need to apply that. In a lot of other aspects of my life, but I've prioritized that part. So I'm going hot or cold, you know, it's it's a good point. I think most of us have discipline in areas of our lives. And the trick is learning how to transfer that discipline in this area over to that area. Mm -hmm. And, And then you can then you can really then you can really make some progress. Do you think it helps? Like I said earlier, like I need to be held accountable like I know, like that's why some people join programs and have coaches and stuff like that. You know, yeah, to a degree, um, and and the accountability helps with getting started and learning things and learn and learning new mindsets and new behaviors. Um, the coaching can't can't be the thing that you rely on in perpetuity. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Eventually, you have to figure out like down deep what it is, like where you want to go, how you want to get there, what you're going to use as your continual motivation to to keep going. And then you kind of wean yourself off of that coaching and that that other source of motivation and you find it internally. Mm-hmm. And and like 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 with, with just with, with hunting, you know, you kill a certain size deer one year and you're like, okay, well maybe I wanna maybe I want to start hunting age class instead. Or maybe I want to do some, maybe I want to take a deer on the ground. I, I want to ditch the security blanket of a tree stand and I want to try going eye to eye with a whitetail. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a smaller whitetail than what I've killed before, but it's the process. It's how I've, so you keep finding these new areas to move into to keep pushing yourself. Like I'd never done an ultra marathon before last year. I'd done a couple, I'd done a couple regular marathons and I was like, 
uh, this is this kind of scares me a little bit. It's going to push me. Mm-hmm. I need something. I think we all. I think guys in general need something that to do that scares them a little bit, that pushes them outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, and they're and 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 tr- and push through it and learn because the aptitudes that you gain from that process, you can then transition into other areas of your life. Yeah, and uh, just be better for it. No, for sure. Yeah, it's it's good things to think about, even if it's uncomfortable. It's like. We're really going to go on a run. It's like, oh shit! Well, I gotta now. I feel like I need to start running. <laughs> you need some super super short shorts. Oh, some dude! Sweatbands for your wrist. I'm in yeah. a sweatband just on my head. <laughs> I'd look like I'm out of a day to remember music video, probably when <laughs> I get going. Dude, we got to make it happen. All right. Well, um, we'll see. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting for sure. Dude, yeah. I I really enjoyed this conversation. A little different um, than what we normally do. We do get deep on podcasts and stuff, but this one was exceptionally deep, and I think probably like a it's a good brain exercise for people. Hopefully, while they're going through their workday, this <laughs> if, if they've stuck through to the very end. If, if they did, then God bless them. Yeah, like how does this talk? How is this hunting? But it, to me, <laughs> it, it, it is though. Like it's not, but it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we don't do any of these things in a vacuum, right? And and none of us are one dimensional like that. That that's the thing I find the most interesting about the hunting industry. Like, I want to, I I'm fascinated with your BMX background. Like, I, I, obviously, the hunting side. Like, we could talk, we could talk whitetails and bow hunting all day long. Yeah. But I also want to know about the BMX side. I want to know about when you were really into working out. Like, I I, I just like <clears throat> I don't have anyone in my life that's a, that's a single dimensional person. Mm-hmm. I like the multi multi dimensional aspects of people. Yeah, and that's that's what I want to know about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because I was talking to some other buddies to do a lot of the trade shows. We talked to hundreds, thousands of people throughout like the trade show season, and one of the guys I won't say their name. It's kind of like a hack to get to talk to them. But they said what holds conversation with them more than hunting talk to start with anyway is something other than hunting that they're interested in or they find interesting to lead in with that. And then eventually the conversation goes back to hunting. Yes, which, I 100 percent agree with that. I think that comes, though, because we talk hunting for a living and then everything everywhere. Else. So it's nice to start somewhere else. And then it always just naturally goes back there. So. Yeah, don't don't come up to Kurt with your phone open, showing him your dear dear pictures. Like, well, that's good sometimes too. It's it's not always not good. It's a weird thing to like navigate, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Just if if you just be yourself, be interested as opposed to trying to be interesting, you will be interesting ultimately. That's a good good way to put that. Well, speaking of trade shows, yeah, February 23rd through the 26th will be at the Indiana Deer Turkey Waterfowl Expo. Uh, Tim, you're going to be there. We're going to be doing – it's the booth is pretty much half deer cast. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, we, if people have been to our booth in the past, it, we have the big deer cast banner, working class on deer cast. Um, but we're going to do – we're running show specials to for memberships for deer cast, which is awesome. Um, and then we do have a code now that's active online. you got to go to deercast.com. And it's code WC10 and save yourself some money on uh, Elite Plus and unlimited memberships. And we're going to be doing that as well and showing you guys features in real time at the Indiana show. And I will be giving out uh, <clears throat> high level waterfowling tips. Oh, <laughs> good. 
good. Did you bring, you're bringing calls? I make up on the fly. Oh, yeah, you want to hear me. Uh, you want to hear my mallard. It's killer. I, I got to be honest. I can't stand waterfowl calls at shows. <laughs> I'm like, there's a, there's the booth over there, you know, and I'm like, yep, they all sound the same. Keep blowing them. They need they need a soundproof booth at their at their display. Walk in, do your thing. We yep. don't need to hear it. We need the job site hearing test booth. <laughs> Have you ever been in one of them? So I, I had a job. I, I know they are. Yeah. They pull up in their van and they're like, "Get in there. We're gonna see how bad we've damaged your hearing over the last year." And you get in there and you're hearing ghost beeps. So you're hitting that clicker, even though you it might be beeping or might not. You just have tinnitus so bad in your ears, you're just clicking the thing. In Arkansas, it's a guy with a duck call. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, no offense yeah. to waterfowl guys. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll have fun in Indiana for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I, are you think you guys are going to be able to keep up with us? Like, I mean, I think like an hour you're going to be like, dude, this WCB crew just sucks. It's not for I, us. I, I will, in any scenario I'm in, I'm desperately trying to keep up with everyone. <laughs> I don't believe that. Even in inconsequential ways. Yeah, I th- I think you guys are going to be hanging out at the booth, and I think you'll have fun for the first few hours, and then you're going to be like, wow, these guys are who I thought they were, actually. <laughs> 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 Pretty much is what's going to happen. And I put my time in at some uh, <clears throat> at some uh, consumer fairs and some industry fairs, and uh, they definitely it's it's fun, but yeah, it's also, it's also work. It's, it's a, it's a grind. It so is a grind. It's great to connect with people like that. That's the thing I like the most is actually getting to visit with people who consume the content that you're putting out. Cause a lot of times it feels like it's a black hole, like, okay, that shows in the can what's next. And you don't always get to hear how it impacts people Yeah, uh, at the shows you do. It's, we love them. We joke around about it is a grind, you know, like you're there, you're standing, it's conversating all day, which is great. But we do love it, man. If someone comes up when they listen, they tell us about it. Honestly, after each time, I'm like, I can't believe that's real. Like, I can't believe that person like actually listened, you know, we're very fortunate, very fortunate, very, very thankful. So shout out to everybody that tunes in and supports DeerCast in general, you know, specifically on this episode. So um, it means a ton. Well, dude, anything you want to plug before we get out of here, man? I, I appreciate the conversation. I had a ton of fun. Yeah, same here. And I feel like I have spoken way more than I should have. It's a, this is a this is a good long episode. So, uh, like I said, God bless anyone that stuck around to the the bitter end here. <laughs> I love it, and I love podcasting with other podcasters because it's like it just goes another layer. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot less uh, binary type answers. I, we, we had a uh, person on recently. I, I won't mention, but they uh, their favorite answers were yes or no, and that makes it hard to continue a conversation. It's like you're like you're uh, a, a police officer questioning someone about a yep. crime. You're you're busting your ass to get like to make <laughs> the interview more interesting. You say something more. It becomes an interview, not a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's a very, there's, there's a, there's a, a bright line between them, but no, I, I appreciate you having me on. Appreciate everyone that watches here on DeerCast, and uh, yeah, appreciate everything that you're doing for the bow hunting community. Well, we're trying and appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, I'm going to get in and I'm going to join uh, Legion wilderness or woodsman. I said wilderness. I, I even wrote it down. Copyright that too. Hang on a second. Yeah. Get it. Just make a second group and then let me run that one. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be the shittier version. <laughs> 
everyone's gonna have like stress injuries and yeah. lift with your back people yeah yeah i'm giving just bad advice and <laughs> tattoo of the month ideas and stuff yeah. like that that's why people listen to the 100 percent wild podcast they want to hear they want to hear how bad matt and i are at deer hunting hey so there's a market for it <laughs> well you guys are making yourself seem like you're not good hunters but jokingly i, I know you guys are but well cool man well i appreciate you so much hope everybody Tuned in, watching, listening, enjoying this. Appreciate you supporting on DeerCast. Uh, if you are listening on audio version and you're not in DeerCast, code WC10. Save yourself some coin on your DeerCast membership. Lots of tools in there. Mapping, DeerCast track, uh, 100% Wild podcast, working class on DeerCast, the whole jury library. There's a ton on there. Um, great bang for your buck. And uh, Tim will keep a job if you support that as well. And I will too. I can get to eat next week. Thank you. That's right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, watching, listening. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.